0: So, welcome back. I hope you've heard the first half of this effectively two-part podcast. This is Courts on Climate Change. It's where Councillor Ian Courts, the leader of Solihull Council, talks about climate change and what it means to Solihull. And we're picking up partway through a conversation that he is having with me, Nick Booth, and Anne-Marie Atfield, who works here at the council as a low-carbon project manager. Uh, the first part of the conversation was really setting up the problems and you can go back and find that if you search for Courts on Climate Change as a podcast. And this next bit, let's just pick up with the rest of the conversation. So the last 12 months, the last time you sat down, what has been going on in Solihull in terms of reducing greenhouse gas emissions? What's, what's, what, what have you got on your list of things that you think are make, moving you in the right direction?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've got, I mean, within our Net Zero Action Plan, we've got around, I think it's 203 actions in total, um, of which we've started um, about around two thirds of them already. um, And that's sort of in our 10 year plan. Um, So we've got a range of actions ranging from everything... um, from dom- actions around domestic things like the retrofit programs we were talking about all the way through to looking at things to do with energy systems um, we've got you know great examples in things like our planting our future program to the work we do with schools around we've got the cop 27 um, summit coming up so there's, there's there's a whole breadth of action uh, um, across the borough um, that, that we're kind of really trying to sort of move our the agenda forward really
2: Anne-Marie's just touched on a couple of things and I want to pick up on. First of all, in terms of the plan that was developed by the team here in terms of the action plan on climate change. Do you know, we were, I think it was second out of all unitaries, and there's hundreds of those, in terms of the plan that... Uh, the team, local authorities in the UK. Local yeah. authorities in the UK. We were beaten by, I think it was Edinburgh, but... M- but Manchester. Manchester. Well, in Manchester.
0: Yeah. Are you mentioned sure, sure that. Doesn't, that doesn't smart, does
1: it? <laughs> no, no, no. I, mean, I mean, it was great because um, it was it was Climate Emergency UK that ranked us. So they're, they're a completely independent charity looking at all the plans in the UK. And um, yeah, and as Councillor Court said, we became second out of all the, all the single tier authorities. So, you know, we really do feel like we're punching above of our weight on this. I, f- I feel that it's something that, you know, we can be really rightly proud of. Um, and it's great that we've got the plan. Um, but we've still got to do a lot of that ramping up of action to make sure we can deliver it and that's the really important next step, I think.
2: Well, delivery is going to be uh, the, the key thing but there was a, the second thing I wanted to pick up was on the work we're doing with schools and this has actually gone on for some time. I mean, to be fair, our climate change programme has gone on for a number of years. It, it predated the climate change emergency by a number of years, I know, because I set it up. Um, but the, the, the work we're doing with schools... When you see teams of young people from schools uh, debating just the way that COP do, but sometimes rather more down-to-earth, you really feel proud. Mm -hmm. And we've hosted this several years now. And to see the young people um, think about solutions, um, talk to each other about solutions and grasp the problems is, is really rewarding. And at the end of the day... Behaviour change is one of the most important things we can do. Behaviour change is the problem um, because there's still a lot of people that don't think there is a problem and the more we can get our young people uh, active, active on this the better.
0: And obviously it will ultimately change what people vote for and what people expect from their politicians, won't it?
2: Well it, it, it probably will, I mean I, I have to say um, I, I, I don't particularly think about that, I mean my <laughs> Um, you know, I've been involved with climate change for way before I was politically uh, engaged, and to be honest, that's not the point. I mean, fortunately, most people now do expect us to have a program, and that's uh, and that's what we're doing. But um, I, I, I worry. I don't worry about the democracies, quite honestly, because I worry about the parts of the world that don't have democracies, and are, and are really not interested because. Um, One of my big concerns is, you know, net zero is a global need. Uh, It's not a national need. I mean, it is a national need, but uh, it's no good our doing things if large parts of the world are not doing it. And that's the importance of COP.
0: And the council, as I understand it, you've managed yourself to halve your emissions. What impact does that have on Solihull?
1: Yeah, so our emissions are, um, so, so our role as a council is kind of really twofold. So we have got our own emissions, it's really important that we lead by example and reduce. And since 2017, 2018, we've, we've reduced our emissions by 49%, so, you know, pretty much halved, which is fantastic. And there's been lots of work going into that. Um I guess the, the The point is our um our emissions are about one percent of of the um of the borough's emissions in total so our role is much more around engaging and influence and working with our you know residents and our businesses within the area to help them on their journey towards net zero um and towards sort of supporting this kind of sustainability agenda but it is really you know great that we've, we've we've had that reduction and there has been a lot of hard work going to that um things like our, our street lighting is now net zero because it's um because we've cha- initially changed to LED lighting and then we're buying in kind of green energy so that's that's a really good news kind of story there yeah
0: so there's a couple of big things there's covid which saw a drop in uh, traveling and a drop in a lot of things and also because of the crisis around fuel does it feel like there's those two things the fuel crisis and covid are opportunities that we could be seizing on, or do you think those opportunities are slipping away?
2: Uh, I think there might be warnings uh, that we have to do something. I mean, clearly the dependence on uh, Russian energy has to stop, Um, and the warnings that we need our dependence on fossil fuels needs to stop. I I think in the short term we've really got to survive in terms of, you know, uh, deal with the immediate problems. But, um, I mean, COVID... You know is um we've all moved on in a way from COVID. um i, I don't think that's the issue anymore um, i think global energy is and that's where our focus needs
0: to be so in a moment i want to look at some of the more specific themes that theme feed into your climate change work before that though i just want to remind people of the four programmes already in this series which do focus on specific themes, on some of those themes, they're already online wherever you get your podcasts so you can just search for Courts on Climate Change or you can go to the Solihull Council website solihull.gov.uk and simply find the search box and pop podcasts into there and the page with those podcasts should come up. So. The sort of wider themes that fit into this, um, transport. What has been going on in the last 12 months or so around transport? Um, Marie, do you want to?
1: Yeah, it's it's worth mentioning, you know, we're talking about COVID and the impact that COVID had on um, our emissions. And actually, our latest year of data is 2020, um, because we get the data two years in arrears. And we had a 15% decrease in emissions. And that was largely in our commercial sector and in transport because people, you know, people were working from home where they could do, um, and they weren't travelling as much. So we did see a real kind of tail off in transport emissions and we're yet to see what's happened since. Um, There's been some really good um, things going on around transport, so within the borough. So we've got things like the um, innovative connected autonomous vehicle trials that have been going on. So the CAV trials, um, uh, which has seen a autonomous shuttle um, which is ultra low emissions going around, um, and I think that's been around the airport and the NEC and those kind of areas. So that's been been really, a really interesting project.
0: So if people have seen that, what is it they would have seen?
1: So it, it, I guess in terms of what it visually looks like, you you may not. I mean, it looks unusual. You wouldn't look at it and say that you, you, you'd, it would certainly pique your interest, um, but they would just see a vehicle moving around on the roads um, that stops and picks people up. And so, it, you know, really it's about actually modelling how the future of transport might start looking. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, that, that's really important. I mean, um, I was involved with um, the two um, tests that we did at the NEC. The importance of those was they are um, public spaces, but they're, they're controlled Uh, spaces. The importance here is the technology. We have autonomous vehicles already, uh, they're on tracks. The question is how far can we take them off tracks? Mm -hmm. Now you know there isn't a magic bullet to most of climate change but transport in particular. Uh, Electric vehicles is one but there's a lot of technology still needed to make them go a long way, on batteries and so on. And what we see is the potential um, for things like uh, autonomous vehicles to 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 take over some some routes. Um, you know the town centre, for instance, I'd love to see something connecting up, but you, you, you're some way years away from that happening. but what we need doing is testing out the technology and also testing the safety implications because safety is what people worry about.
0: And also, I guess, I mean, one of the things COVID did do is it forced us all to change our habits and, yeah. and if we're going to emerge from that, we need to emerge with different habits around, you know, whether we cycle or walk or is the infrastructure there? Is that, how is that changing?
1: So that that's a really really good point, and actually for those those of us who can cycle and walk, um, you know we should be absolutely encouraging that for l- loads of benefits as well, not just for the environment again, but you've got the health benefits, you've got things like mental health benefits, air quality benefits, so um, and congestion as well. So you know it is it is really vital, um, and as a council we've developed new cycle routes, there's the new segregated cycle route um, through Knoll and through Blossomfield Road that has been recently nominated for an award.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting, isn't it? One of the big advances we've made is on EV thinking. I mean, we have, I think it's something like 5% of our population using EVs now, which wow. is, is is quite above the um, regional and national average. And, and likewise, we're um, putting in many more EV points because we see uh, electric vehicles as, as being a solution. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, cycleways are not universally popular. They say, well, you know... They're pushing my car off the road, and some people have no choice but use uh, cars. So, you know, we, we there's, there's got to be a lot of facets to, to changing uh, our transport habits. One of the things I've been pushing for in the West Midlands is a transport system for Solihull that actually thinks about Solihull and, dare I say, not so much Birmingham. Well, I mean, I love Birmingham, <laughs> but a lot of people want to come and visit our well-known West Midlands, John Lewis, in Sully Hole. So how do we get people from north to south and from rural areas to the centre? And, you know, better public, uh, accessible public transport is is a key to that. So there's going to be many facets of this. Increasingly, we need to encourage uh, people to, you know, do more walking and bike shorter distances. But, you know, that'll be a long process. We just have to make the infrastructure Uh, available progressively to do that but public transport has a role and EVs have a role as well as will hydrogen in the West Midlands where I think it's over 100 hydrogen buses we're investing in we've already got electric uh, bus routes serving Solihull so you know.
0: So something you referred to earlier Anne-Marie was planting trees Mm. and this is sort of like almost like the connection between climate change and and our wider appreciation of the environment I guess uh, do you, are you are you working on that as well and connecting into the way in which S- Hillians think about the environment?
2: Well, I hope so. Um, some people have accused me of being a tree hugger. I mean, it's my idea. I said quarter of a million this decade. We've done, well, it's over 50,000. Uh, and I'm sort of expecting people to look at the, the plans to where they're going to go. I mean, it, lots of people think trees are a good idea, but where are they going? So, you know, w- we have a team looking at... at um, uh, where we can do more tree planting and also what landowners might want to collaborate. Uh, I mean, trees are, in some ways are an easy thing um, in theory. Um, they're visual. They're great for, you know, woodland's great for health, great for the environment. Um, it gets a bit more tricky when you have the road road infrastructure, but I, I think the tree, the forestry plan is, is doing okay in Soliel. And uh, I could take you to another... Uh, building you look out the window and you say well where are all these trees Uh, you know it's all green well that's the way we want it we we know we've got development pressures but we want our green infrastructure and that was one of the things that went in our local plan I mean we accept that housing needs are necessary but I want to see and I will say I want to see proper green infrastructure and you're talking to an ex-builder here it's good for, for the environment it's good for uh, for people that want, want to, to use uh, the area and it makes the place look good.
0: And it cools, it cools our streets, doesn't it? It, it does. has all yeah. sorts of impacts on our life, our genuine... Yeah.
2: And, it, and it's, it's good for the air quality as well. I mean, particulate matter in particular, I think, is, um, which is an issue, we haven't discussed it uh, yet today, but the, the air quality, uh, one of the things we've got to deal with is particulate matter in, in air quality and, and hedges and trees don't neglect
0: hedges. Yeah. Great things, mm. good for birds. Yeah. Well, do you want to discuss that now, particular matters? And
2: can, uh, can do. Um, I mean, I, I can kick it off. I mean, it's it's all a bit technical. This, but um, pollution, uh, air pollution, comes from exhaust emissions. And that's what most people think about. You know, it's what comes out of the um, exhaust of cars. Well, we're dealing with that through carbon decarbonisation. We, we'll deal with that. But there's another sort of um, pollution which is um, a bit more sinister in some ways. It comes from uh, burning s- solid fuels, about a third of particulate matter comes from um, from that sort of thing. It also comes from brakes and things like, you know, in, in cars, and it, it tends to hang around a bit more. There's over a thousand um, excess deaths in the West Midlands uh, due to air pollution, and I... Uh, I think we're only beginning to realise the uh, the effect on I guess it's lungs, isn't it, uh, of of pollution.
1: Yeah, and absolutely. And there's you know people with certain conditions like COPD or asthma are much more susceptible to high levels of air pollution. And we 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 are lucky in Soliholt um in that we from a from a we, we've got fairly good levels of air quality in in most of the borough. Um, But yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of really the interaction between air quality and health and climate change and those those kind of things we can do there is really important so when we were pulling together the net zero action plan we really wanted to think about actually what are the co benefits what can we do and put in the plan that will really help solihull across the board and one of the key ones is really air quality it's not necessarily linear so we're not going to be you know because air quality this the air quality issues we're talking about are local pollution localised pollution where have you got the kind of global pollutants of greenhouse gases so it's not necessarily linear things like um you know burning uh, wood in a in a, in your sort of if you've got a nice wood burning stove in your home um that's net zero or can be classified as net zero depending on where you get wood, wood from um but uh wood could have an air quality impact and could actually affect people so it, it's trying to Make sure we're getting those really good co-benefits as well um, from from our transition to net zero. It's really important. I mean,
2: you, exactly. you made a very important point there about um, emissions level in in Soliol. I mean, the, the air quality is generally very good, and certainly there are there are guidelines that you mustn't exceed. Well, we don't, and we do have an airport. We also have a motorway, but we don't exceed, um, you know, those guidelines. So, so that's great, except we all need to do better because. You stand near a road and you, you know the, the fumes uh, come in. I mean, I know no, myself, I mean, I have a little uh, EV car that is great for, for running around. And I know since I've had it that when I reverse at the garage, how, well, you don't notice it. Yeah, you know. it's a different experience. It's a different experience. And do you want to go back? Um, you know, you don't. <laughs>
0: But it also sounds to me that you've become increasingly conscious of the fact that when you're thinking about the wider issues that people might have to deal with, like their health, like their education, like all sorts of things, you can connect it to doing something positive to the environment. The two are just completely interconnected in your mind now? And and this is
2: absolutely where we need to go. Um, And this is why, you know, I'm not a massive fan of saying, oh, we've got to be net zero. And, And yeah, I agree. But that doesn't necessarily connect with everybody but what does connect is the benefits of action on climate change and you know we've already talked about retrofit and the, the benefit of the potential benefit of homes likewise uh, on EVs but you know the potential to develop technology to create growth trade and exports um, reducing waste you know the more we can reduce the waste the more we can reduce plastics you know 10 percent of the Pacific fish have plastic in them. I'm using old data, so it'll be worse now. Um, natural world, we see the decline of species. Uh, interestingly, I, I saw in the uh, paper, that, uh, or uh, uh, communication I had, that America has the same issue of decline of species. So it, it, there's a phenomenon here that's going on, which has to be related to global warming. And, and this, there is a dividend that will come from climate change action, and that's a dividend we all need to seize. But it does... You know just dis- it disturbed me a little bit when we need to be pragmatic we need to be pragmatic about climate change action but that doesn't mean to say uh, we're in denial it just means i want to spend the money wisely and we've got we've still got to live in a rising population
0: so how do you connect this to people to the people out there what what is going on in terms of your conversation with the the citizens of solihull or the children of solihull or
2: Well, I mean, we, um, I mean, I push out messages fairly regularly on this subject, but I I hope they're pragmatic about it, Um, you know, about the way we approach it. Um, We we have set out to be uh, an environmentally friendly borough. We take climate change really seriously. We're taking action on it. And I think you've heard from Anne-Marie, you know, the degree of effort that, that we're putting into it, and, uh, and and we are encouraging our um, our residents to do the same because what Solihull Council do, I think, you just one percent. You know, one yeah. percent's not yeah. much. You know, everyone needs to plug into this. We can all do something, and that's what we must um, do. Anne-Marie.
1: So yeah, we um, we carried out a survey. Um, was it towards the end? It was about a year ago actually with young people in Solihull, um, and we had really kind of. Good response rate we had about 500 young people respond um, and over 80% were concerned about climate change, and actually our young people are leading the way with around two-thirds of young people already taking action on climate change um, and really sort of feel it, feeling that's meaningful. Um, we've got the kind of Greener Schools Awards coming up in the next few weeks as well, which I know Councillor Courts is involved in and quite often presents that, I think. Um, so we've got that coming up uh, uh, um, shortly um, along, and that's kind of a similar timescale to the, the COP27 um, summit that, that's that's going on.
0: So, sorry.
2: No, I was going to say, I mean, one of the things we haven't mentioned so far is the involvement of business. And business are involved in uh, the Greener Schools Awards. I think they give awards. I think I'm right in saying that. Uh, we, we have a, um, a group called Solil Visioning Group, which is a group of uh, businesses that, you know, look to see how they can take... Uh, environmental and climate change matters. It's been going for a, minute, for a number of years now, and they support this. And you know, it's one of the things I, I mean, I have regular dialogues now, and my deputy Karen Grinsell she joins me on some or takes some with businesses across the borough. And uh, it started during COVID because I want to know what well, you know, how are you coping? And then it started to get very interesting because, um, well, why would you want to talk to your council? Well, actually, often. They're not that bothered, but they're quite. Once I start saying, "Well, how can you influence transport? Where do your people? Um, how do they get to work?" And and one of the things that pops up all the time is the interest of people in uh, climate change, and uh, it, it's really heartening to uh, staff like it, you know. And that's the good thing about the the schools um, program that they like to be involved with something, with, you know, like that. So. Um, we've all got to get involved in this. I sort of
1: think it's a really good point on businesses. So the Solihull Sustainability Visioning Group's currently got about seventy active members. So that's um, people in different businesses. I think they come from around forty businesses, um, and it's open to any business in Solihull. Um, and obviously, there's there's kind of the the larger businesses tend to be taking steps anyway because their stake their shareholders or stakeholders want want to, them to you know be more sustainable Um, so it's really around trying to engage with the full range of businesses in Solihull and and understand how we can kind of help and support them in in their journey Um, but yeah Solihull Sustainability Visioning Group as I say is open to any business in Solihull so um, feel free to contact us and get involved.
0: So there is something very positive about that idea that people from all backgrounds actually share the same concern and want to be on that journey together maybe faster? Yeah. And I'm just wondering so we started a bit grim with these UN predictions of the fact that that one and a half degrees thing had passed us by is there anything that you want to say that is less grim than that is more positive
2: well I, I think um, we are taking action and we are focusing on this and we are as a region I mean Mayor Andy Street is really keen uh, also uh, on this subject I and mean, in, indeed we um, I think we're leading the way And our um, plan for climate change in the West Midlands Combined Authority, top again out of all combined authorities. And probably a similarity of the people involved in it, but um, there's positive. We are taking action, and there are benefits that are coming out of all uh, all this. We just mustn't let it come up, go off the agenda, and that's the important thing. We have a lot of things to do. What we will not do is to bankrupt, you know, our uh, borough or whatever, through this sort of thing, it it, it is pointless. I mean, our airport, for instance, um, you know, is a valuable asset. It's tens of thousands of jobs. I mean, they are very environmentally friendly. Airport is a good example, actually. That there's a um, government produced a policy called Jet Zero. Now, the, their their approach is, you don't. It's not you don't travel. You think, how can you travel more environmentally friendly? You know. That's not good grammar, but who cares? Mm-hmm. We so, understand. So, um, I, I mean, that's that's a very good government initiative that came out to say, look, there are lots of different things we can do uh, to reduce carbon emissions and and still keep our uh, improve our economy.
0: And Marie?
1: Yeah, I agree. I just think it's those capitalising on those opportunities, the opportunities for businesses, the opportunities for the economy, but also the opportunities for residents and communities and improving their you know their experience of the environment and improving um sort of health outcomes and things like that and actually that transition to net zero can really have a positive impact on all those things so it's, it's something we're really you know looking to do
0: and is there something you would encourage people the people of solid hull to think about or do or
1: i mean it really depends on where the person is in their journey so um some people will have done loads of stuff to help reduce their carbon emissions. Um, and you know and some people will just be sitting on their ju- their journey so there's a couple of things you can do you can start thinking about what your carbon footprint is and try and understand actually where in your lifestyle can you make small improvements um, and that could be something like saving energy around the home it might be things like you know changing the way you interact with transport if that's a possibility for you um or um really just sort of a, a looking for um support through either act on energy or through things like the energy saving trust um, have lots of good advice and support so yeah
2: yeah yeah i mean the thing i'm i'm pushing on it and the thing i've always it's waste i mean i was brought up in a house you know the post-war household where you, you you eat everything on your plate you don't waste i mean i didn't bring myself to bring eat absolutely everything but <laughs> Uh, the waste in our society is enormous and uh, I am was clutching the bottle because I think we're getting there um, largely on uh, you know avoiding single-use plastics but I but I, I think one of the, the things that that I would like taken away is this, how can we reduce waste because everything we consume or uh, produce requires energy and valuable resource and we just haven't got enough to keep going so um, that you know, single-use items. Let's avoid them.
0: Thank you both. So you have been listening to Anne Marie Atfield, who's the low-carbon project manager for Solihull Council. Ian Courts, or Councillor Ian Courts, the leader of Solihull Council. Thank you again, both. And you've been listening to a podcast called Courts on Climate Change. It's a podcast from Solihull Council. To listen to others in this series, please go to wherever you get your podcasts from and search for Courts on Climate Change. Or you can, as I said earlier, pop over to solihull.gov.uk and search for podcasts. I'm Nick Booth and please let's do what we can to take care of this precious planet.